0: Hello and welcome to episode 53 of What We're Listening to, a show where we talk about music and challenge each other to hear new things. With me today, as always, is my good friend Josh. Bass players shouldn't wear capes short. How are you?
1: (laughs) It's very true. Do you know what that's
0: a reference to? I That's the Interpol
1: bass player, isn't he? He's a cape wearer. Yes.
0: Yeah. I, I, and uh, <laughs> because it was the anniversary of Turn On The Bright Lights as it well. It was.
1: It was. It's crazy that Interpol only made one
0: record. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you've told me that Evil is a good song. Yeah. And whatever that. Antics or something.
1: Ant- Antics isn't a terrible album. Oh, and neither is the one after, to be honest. But the next couple I are think- not so good.
0: I think around the time of Joy Division, you gave me um, that album. I was listening to Antics a little bit because I found it on CD. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, there was some, there was some good parts on there.
1: Our, our, our love to admire, which is the one after that, isn't terrible either. Um, I'll, okay. I'll, be, I'll be fair.
0: Cool. <laughs> now, I have a question that's not Joy Division. Oh Sorry, not um, Interpol related. Okay. This is related to the homework I gave you, which was about Vivaldi. Yes. Antonio de v- Vivaldi. Um, this may be fine and easy you might think this is a bit dumb but i wanted you to tell me out of these four options which era vivaldi was composing in Ooh, was it the renaissance the baroque the classical or the romantic era
1: Un- unfortunately for you asher i have done some research this week <laughs> oh, dang. And I, I am very aware that he is a baroque musician that's right. I've even, I guess, been looking up like what baroque music technically was and all the definitions of it.
0: Nice. To me, he doesn't sound very baroque, like even when you're listening to the original. But there are some giveaways in terms of you know the terraced <laughs> dynamics and and just kind of um, yeah the instrumentation, the harpsichord, and all that sort of thing. But yeah. we are obviously talking about the newer version of his work as well. So um, yeah. Sometimes I think it, in my mind, he slips into another, you know, he could almost be romantic with his flourished passages, but you know, I yeah. mean,
1: I, I definitely would consider before this week, like classic music is like a big block and I didn't really know the the divisions of it that well, for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and even like I've done a few years of study and there are still artists, which I've struggled to, to place, but yeah, once you kind of, sub categorize that block you kind of see a lot of patterns and that sort of thing yeah in the different musicians so yeah no it baroque music is really interesting um it's kind of a bit more popular in like modern music you'll see baroque pop come up a lot um even lack the low has that as one of her tags so mm. you know well, that was an easy one, wasn't it? Point to you, <laughs> or several points, whatever yes. however it works. I, I wonder if any li- listeners ever tallied up all
1: our points. <laughs> <laughs> I, I doubt it. I, um, I don't know if you ever had these in Australia when you were a kid. They're kind of hmm. like um, audio dramas about famous classical composers, like interacting with children. Um, oh, um, like there's one not- like, like uh, Mr. Bach comes to call or. Like Beethoven lives upstairs, those all those kind of things like that. That's cool. I I used to I don't
0: know that one. I used to listen to him as a
1: kid because there's always like adventures and they talk about the composer and then have like a guy like pretending to be him, like interacting with people. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. It it reminds me a little bit, there is a kid's book I know called The Composer Is Dead. Mm -hmm. Um and it's like a murder mystery about like who killed the composer and it uses a whole bunch of different pieces of music to talk about the instruments in the orchestra <laughs> and then spoilers it says like uh we've all murdered him by like playing their songs badly you know <laughs> That's and um ouch. it's a bit of a letdown um but uh, you know it's like but we keep them alive by playing their music in concert halls and those sort of thing it's 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 clever
1: <laughs> if a little pretentious <laughs>
0: Yes Oh, actually I think it's not even There might be some passages That are by composers um, But it's more kind of playing in their styles And, and you, the original compositions Anyway um, I have one piece of follow-up For the first time in ages um, And then you can tell me if you've got any of yours I finally solved the mystery Who gave me Lack the Low <laughs> And the irony was that I then sent him the album saying, this is great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't know that one.
0: So, Paltry, well done. Thank you. Um, if you're listening to this, sorry. I tend to like just put a lot of stuff on <laughs> my wish list and then forget who gave it to me and then just think I found it. No, I didn't think I found this one, but thank you again. I'm really enjoying it. So... There was another piece of follow-up I had that slipped my mind. Did you have anything?
1: No, I'm on a clean slate over here.
0: Okay. Um I haven't been to see any gigs lately. I did see like that Gang of Youths have had a great um and Australia and New Zealand tour. Yeah. Um I did not go, um but I I saw some videos and looked fantastic. So, you know. Great
1: album. They've even sold out their Vancouver show in September. I couldn't get a ticket for it.
0: Wow. Yeah. Nice. Good on them. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so uh well let's launch into reviews. All right. I have been uh going
1: through the latest album from a band called Florist. Uh, mm-hmm. the album is also called the same thing, it's a self-titled record. This is their fourth album um mm-hmm. from a they're a folk group out of New York. Um <laughs> and I have never heard any of their music before this this just kind of popped up on my radar and I was looking for something a little more relaxing relaxing. It's been pretty hot in Vancouver recently. So mm-hmm. you know the kind of more folk country music starts coming on my radar a bit around that kind of time because it's easy to listen to and maybe puts you to sleep a little bit better in those hot nights. Um, yeah. So this album kind of fit the bill perfectly for what I was looking for. Um, It's kind of a concept record. Uh, The concept being the band recorded all this stuff together at like a retreat out in the countryside. So there's um, a lot of like recorded sounds from the area, like crickets and birds and like, you know, streams and wind and that kind of stuff. And then... Um, It all really flows together as kind of this big like piece, this kind of um, like, you know, idyllic countryside kind of music together. Um, Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I found it really beautiful. It's kind of this blending of a lot of folk music and then some more ambient elements. And then some, um, what, what the band calls spontaneous recordings. So as bridges between a lot of the songs that are uh, like, I don't know you call them, like vamps or, um, improvisations that kind of swell between songs and kind of link everything together, um, along with the, um, recorded elements of the countryside. And, um, I, I don't know. I've never quite heard, folk music done to this extent um it reminded me a little bit about uh the big thief album that came out earlier this year but um they committed harder to the concept i think they kind of took it a mm. step step further and i think that it actually they did it a bit better um so can you when, when you listen to this whole album it really does transport you to this kind of you know night sky cabin vibe near like a mountain mm. lake it's really beautiful um yeah it's quite peaceful that's
0: so funny because the whole time i was listening to it i'm like this reminds me of a female singer songwriter that i've listened to recently and it was adrian Lenker. yeah and i was like yeah but specifically her solo album abyss kiss which i reviewed a while back um so yeah, I really got that same vibe as well. I think it's her vocal that's quite similar, but you're right in that it's got a lot more kind of sound design around mm. it to kind of match that feel. And it makes sense the Big Thief isn't similar because it's more of a band thing, but with the similar vocal. So yeah, yeah, I'm totally on your wavelength with this one.
1: Yeah. Um so I it's quite a peaceful record. I um, to be completely honest i don't remember a lot of the tracks that specifically because i would kind of listen mm. to this and zone out and it all just kind of blends together not to say that like the tracks aren't in- individual but rather that they're the they really flow really well um yeah yeah, yeah. no that's the, very true um so i the i really enjoyed the it, like a ethereal nature because a lot of folk music um, is kind of gritty, which I think we'll get to in a later review of this episode. But like, like earthy and plain, and this is kind of the the flip side where they kind of expand in a different direction um, and still tell stories like folk music is supposed to. So,
0: um, yeah, it's really interesting when you have a female vocalist like this whose voice is quite wispy mm-hmm. as well um, and multi-tracked and that sort of thing. Um, it really does change the kind of feel of the music in ways that's more than just like, oh, the voice is different. It kind of affects a lot of other things. Yeah. It's like th- there's an Icelandic band that I've been meaning to give you sometime called <laughs> Mum Mum or something. Okay. And they, yeah, have a female vocalist and it's similar sort of like pensiveness. Um, um, So, yeah, it's kind of fragile but also like beautiful and well put together yeah it was nice i i found also that i couldn't differentiate a ton of the tracks because there were so many and they were like short and you know in between bits and that sort of thing but it was yeah. very pretty to listen to it was a bit of a different vibe going on over here with rain and cold weather <laughs> but it was still very sweet to listen to during those times um yeah yeah it was very nice it it surprised me that you enjoyed this so much. Um, I guess that um sometimes some of the you know, I guess I guess you are a big folk fan. And so <laughs> yeah. It, the listeners will soon see that I feel like we've swapped reviews this week. Um but uh yeah, it was yeah. it was good to kind of hear this. It was a bit of a different one, so I like it.
1: Yeah. I um I guess I don't I don't listen to it as much as I used to, but a lot of more um, I don't know what you call it, like experimental prog elements, like kind of like the Flaming Lips and that kind of stuff. When I was a teenager, so I have a lot of tolerance for um, big projects sometimes that are pleasant mm. rather than being extreme. I guess I would put yeah. it that way. Um, yeah, like I'm not gonna listen to like like three hours of Frank Zappa because that's not really nice. <laughs> To go through but this yeah. like this is fine even though it's like just under an hour it's still 22 tracks or something like that but it's not yeah. it never feels like i'm <laughs> i'm struggling to get through it in that case
0: no it's it's very pretty and very easy to listen to but yep. it's satisfying enough in concept and construction to kind of warrant coming back to yeah um Funnily, I, thanks for mentioning The Flaming Lips because I've been meaning to say something. There's a bit of a tangent, but uh-uh. um, ever since you gave me um, that album way back in 2020. The Soft Bulletin. Um, yeah. The, I think it's the opening track, A Spoonful Weighs a Ton. Is that it? Uh, Race for the Prize, I think is the first track. Oh, maybe, yeah. Um, every time, yeah, one of them, Every time I hop in my car and plug my phone in, the Flaming Lips plays because it, I think I bought it on iTunes, which I don't buy a lot of al- albums on the iTunes anymore. And it's just it just insists upon playing every single time I hop in the car. It's just like, I still, it's not like I hate it, but it's just so funny that every single time, like, pause, pause.
1: Yeah, it's a grand entrance for sure. Those big, yeah, like yeah. distorted strings that
0: come on. Yeah, 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 too is that the one <laughs> 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 yeah, that's yeah. funny so anyway um, no I thought this was a very beautiful album I'll have to send it on to a few friends because I think they'll
1: yeah. I'll dig it it was definitely a pleasant yeah. surprise I'm, I highly recommend this clever record if anyone's been looking for some kind of folk music to rejuvenate at the moment it's um, I was happily
0: uh, satisfied with it also yeah yeah, definitely. Nice.
1: How about you, sir? What have you been going through? Um.
0: uh, So I don't quite know why I have been listening to this <laughs> album, but I've been listening to the first full-length album by a is it Alabama band, Chat Pile? No, was it Oklahoma? Look, like they're Oklahoma. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this is a band that I heard about about a year ago. Um. With They released a split and they had the single out. I listened to it. I still wasn't sure what I thought of them. Mm. Um, A disclaimer, this is not the most pleasant music you've ever heard. So (laughs) um, just beware of very strong themes and language and that sort of thing. It's not particularly nice. Um, The thing I think that drew me into them was I noticed, uh, I suppose, a bit of a social conscience in their music. Like an in, uh, integrity In lyrics similar to idols But probably much more Unhinged um, Not nearly as like Here's the neat moral for each Of these songs but there are elements Of their songs which I Kind of find interesting And they ask some questions That I thought were interesting Questions so um, Just for context chat pile are a Sludge metal band mm-hmm. Um So sludge metal, I suppose it's defined by very low tuned guitars, either seven strings or eight strings and, um, lots of alternate low tunings. And the sludge is the low part combined of the bass and guitar that just kind of sits at the bottom. (laughs) Um, now I, I think I've been in the mood for metal. Um, I was trying to listen to a band called the chariot recently, but I didn't find them interesting enough. Um, and so I turned my ears to this because I saw it came out and it was uh, retweeted by some people I follow and I thought, oh, okay, mm. I'd heard their single a year ago, um, Brutal Truth, and then this album came out and it garnered a little bit of attention from Anthony Fantano. Um, even though I haven't actually watched his review yet, I just kind of wanted to dwell on it a little he, bit myself. He liked it. Yeah, yeah, I got the impression that he liked it. Um and i've chatted about it with again my mate poultry he has been a long time fan and there were some things about this album that he felt were missing from their previous two eps huh. um, but as a big overall picture i think it's a very postmodern very in the vein of like a like post covid album as well a frustration with broken systems in a country and um, so it's a mixture of songs asking genuine questions or analysing their own culture and then a mixture of songs like about a horror movie or a fictitious event about a man robbing a bank, hopefully fictitious, I don't know, um, <laughs> and, and some really psychedelic stuff. So it's, it's a real mishmash of things. Interestingly, the thing I kind of compare it to is like Andy Shelf telling like um gratuitous stories not as in graphically violent but as in like uncomfortable and sad if that makes sense
1: yeah okay i can see that
0: yeah so yeah i think have you had a listen to it Did it <laughs> i know it didn't grab you very much
1: yeah this is probably our our biggest you know divergence in a while i um i'm not a huge metal fan i find it mostly a uh, fairly uncreative genre um musically there's a couple what hmm. a couple breaks in that you know like your system of downs and those kind of guys who really stretch yeah. what it what it can be um and those guys i appreciate but this kind of sludgy, i don't know i f- i find it musically in- unintriguing and then the the message of it doesn't really do enough for me like it's not like you say like, it's like the idols and I, I think I appreciate the kind of like cheekiness, the kind of yeah. wink, wink, wink wink nudge nudge element of them when they do something like this. I don't like, this took me back to like being in high school and going to local shows around Vancouver and I would hear bands like this where yeah. like, like, a, like you know, a bunch of teenage guys get up and just like sludge around on the stage and talk about yeah. how, the, how the government sucks and like like yeah okay, and, and it's still well, tr- interestingly it's still
0: true. yeah. Interestingly, my conf- conclusion. I'll read you my last line. All in all, I liked this interesting divergence into sledge metal, but I'm not totally sold on this band. Like yeah, there's there's elements I like, but I think that idols do that better. I think the cheekiness is almost essential for not d- falling into depression, <laughs> which yes. I feel like these guys probably are. Like. You know, I think the song that attracted me the most was Why, which was a song about homelessness in Oklahoma. Yeah. And it's probably the strongest in terms of like, I actually resonated with this, like the starkness. I think the music matched the lyrics. I think that they were, it was the most appropriate way of saying this. You know, why are there so many, you know, (laughs) offices with heating on and nobody in them? Like, and there are people who are made to live outside. It's like, I couldn't do that. Like, and so it's a very honest someone on Reddit was like, it's almost like a child talking about homelessness. Interesting. Yeah. I, I guess I yeah. feel
1: like it's a little like undirected in its anger. Um like I yeah. like I, I kind of think of like the aggressive punk movement in like the eighties. And you have like the dead Kennedys or the Misfits. Um, and they're writing very targeted songs about um, you know, corruption or, you know, the Gulf War and that kind of stuff. They have like very specific things that they're Mm -hmm. rallying against and they're very clear. Um, Yeah. And these guys are more asking questions and it's kind of non specified. And I feel like it's for me hard to, hard for, hard to kind of go along with them if they won't stick to a stick to an idea in some cases.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe just like they feel like there is nobody to ask. Like there is nobody who can help and maybe that's why they're making sludge metal. Like, I don't know. You know, (laughs) it's (laughs) yeah. It's pretty sad genre. Um, I was strangely intrigued by it. Um, and, and kind of like just gave it the time and coming away going, yeah, I'm not totally sold. Some parts are too indulgent. Like the last track, um, is just a bit, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they're trying to come across as shocking in some songs. To me, it just feels a bit pitiful, like sad and I just pity the situation. Um, And that sounds a little bit patronising. I'm not trying to be patronising at all. I just go, oh, this is really sad. It's kind of, yeah, this is evidently, you know, stories about brokenness. And it's, yeah, it's quite honest music Um, but I guess, and I was contemplating, do I, I, do I want to talk about this kind of thing? Mm. I mean, it has been what I've been listening to quite a bit and, you know, listeners can take away what they will and go, oh, okay. Um, but I guess a nuanced discussion is easier than just posting going, oh, this is interesting.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, music is allowed to have on, we, I'd be hypocritical having given you things like Father John Misty where people can just like you know yeah. be, be dramatic yeah. and do stuff like of course it's fine
0: yeah 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 no and it's just it was interesting i it was a little interesting foray into i haven't listened to a ton of sludge metal and listening to some other stuff around this i go i really appreciate his name's Ray Gunn i think is the lead lead singer's okay. name okay yeah um i appreciate his vocal style like I think that's a, one of the standouts is that it's not all just growling and screaming like it's a lot of spoken word. Yeah. Um kind of mumbling and and also it's very theatrical like he kind of acts in these vocal performances. If you listen to The Mask, like kind of yeah, it's it's very confronting because it's like kind of very emotional um <laughs> and you know if you listen to their other EPs, songs like Dallas Beltway which is I do not recommend as an easy listening song, but it's, you know, portrayed so devastating, you know, um, discussing some pretty intense themes, but definitely not in a good light. And anyway, I, I don't know if they get it right, the balance of trying to like actually endorse the good, but, you know, I don't think they're seeking to do that. They're just trying to let off some steam. I don't know. Anyway. (laughs)
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, weirdly, his his vocal performance reminded me. I don't know how aware of the song you are. Um, uh, you know the song "In God's Country" off Joshua Tree. Um, oh, I do. Yeah, in the Arms yeah. of America. Like, hmm. maybe think of Bono, and I was like, this is a really weird,
0: like, thing my brain is tying together right now. It's funny what triggers like connections in our brains, yeah, between two. Completely different things So Yeah Anyway I Yeah I don't quite know What I think of this band But it, it has been What I've been listening to So I'll put some links In the playlist Or some tracks So Yeah You know be, You've been warned um, Take what you wish from it <laughs> And listen to some Cheery stuff alongside You know Or you've got Florist So that'll be a nice little yeah. contrast Don't put it on shuffle <laughs> All right, should we um get into some homework? Yeah, let's do it. Um as I mentioned at the beginning, I was talking about Vivaldi, and the reason I did was because I gave Josh an interesting album which interestingly, he has kind of re-recorded this album this year or oh. last year. And um a friend of mine, Callan, who I've talked about in his music, he was at a performance of it last night. Um oh. so it's called Uh, four seasons recomposed by max richter um he's an english composer and he's known for a piece called on the nature of daylight which has been used in a lot of different films um he's a kind of a minimalist composer Mm. um minimalism being a movement in the 20th century philip glass is a kind of main person as well as Lamonte young and steve reich Minimalism as simple music but moving gradually and kind of repetitive rhythmically as well. So interestingly, what he's done is he's kind of gone to the roots of the score and pulled out themes to recompose the Four Seasons in a modern way whilst also trying to preserve the integrity of the original composition. So what did you think of Four Seasons Recomposed
1: yeah, it's, um, it's a relatively daunting project uh, from the get-go, which I kind of appreciate both from a a listener and a composer standpoint. You know the hmm. the concept of you know going someone as famous as Vivaldi and his Four Seasons. And then just like taking a crack at it, you know, that's a fairly, <laughs> I don't know. That's an untouchable, you know, that, that's a, that's a, that's a piece of musical history. And so mm. to go, I'm going to break that down and kind of do it a different way. is quite a bold thing to do. So I, I've, I appreciate the project, um, from its gumption at the very least. Um, hmm. So yeah, so I'm I'm by no means a classical aficionado. Uh, I I'm a big fan of the Romantic era, like I like you know your Schubert, your Chopin. Um, yeah. so this is about two hundred years before that, like you were talking about in the Baroque's, um, mm. and lots of Baroque music is quite, um, string heavy. Lots of operas, and it's quite large comparatively to later in classical music, in my opinion. Um. Mm it's for like bigger halls and that kind of stuff to fill the room. Um, mm. And Vivaldi certainly has these kind of emblems as well of like lots and lots of violins. The The big pieces are really big and the, the, the subtlety is still there, but um, he kind of moves. In he the was air, a virtuoso. So. You yeah.
0: Know, he, he was a virtuoso on his instrument and kind of, uh, that's why sometimes I feel like he's a little bit in the romantic era because I think of Liszt, you know, um being so flamboyant on his instrument except that the four seasons is quite mechanical in some ways as well which is more baroque but yeah you're right it's just it's very string heavy his pieces
1: yeah and yeah so i i think i and a lot of other people um suffer from not knowing the four seasons particularly well outside of maybe three of the popular movements, like the, the first movement of spring, yep. the first movement of autumn, maybe the last movement of summer. If some people are a little bit better, like, um, hmm. but there's three movements for each season. So there's actually a lot more to the four seasons, yep. but, but these like ones are really famous. Like if you, you know, you play spring to somebody, they'll recognize the first, you know, three minutes of it. And like, Oh yeah,
0: of course. um, I think winter also gets in there too. You know, um, the, um, I don't know. I've heard that done as a metal song as well. So maybe it's just my circles.
1: Yeah. So I, um, I think this project suffers a little bit from that as well. Maybe I just don't know the four seasons as well as I thought I did, but um it seems to me like the most work has been done on the most famous pieces um mm. and they still kind of stand out in terms of listening to the whole thing so i i listened to this um i found a a version on youtube that was the whole thing all 40 minutes um yep. so i didn't segmentize it um and that's kind of the the pieces that still stick out to me are the ones that would stick out to me anyways. I feel like if I listen to uh, Vivaldi again,
0: um, yeah, maybe that's unfair. I don't, I don't know. Um, no, no, you're fair because like if you you've also if you look at the plays on Spotify, it's like sixty nine million plays <laughs> of that spring one, and then it drops off to like ten million, a measly ten, a measly ten. Um, yeah, but like. There was the famous piece that he kind of was very kind of like poppy with the moog synth and yeah, and this like warm progression that goes underneath it, and just the the repetitive patterns of all the the violin parts like it was very much made for film in some ways, and then the other ones are a little bit more obscure, I suppose,
1: yeah. And and it's and it's the more obscure ones that he does more ambient stuff with, which he's kind of also a little bit known for. Like the, the the pieces are a little less um I don't know the word. They're a little less defined, maybe, than Vivaldi had them. They're kind of a little yeah. more amorphous uh, than previously. Uh but yeah, by and large, I, I, I enjoyed the the project. I um I like I don't think you know you're supposed to say like, "Oh, it's like better than the old one. It's just different yeah and it's it's a it's an interpretation, and you can enjoy both of them, I think perfectly fine um mm. so i yeah i I had a week listening a week and a bit listening to classical music, and that was quite fun um,
0: yeah, it's a nice little gateway as well, I think for for people to kind yeah. of get into maybe a genre, baroque music, which is Otherwise, not really um, something that people might choose to listen to regularly. Mm. Um, Absolutely. I thought that, yeah, I thought that he did a good job with the, is it autumn? Or is that summer? Uh, I forget which one.
1: That's the end of summer, I think.
0: Yeah. I like the kind of, he takes one beat out. Like, that was the other piece that stood out to me, was the, like, Mm. he kind of just. Shuffled around with the timing a bit, and um, yeah, and he didn't. It didn't feel like he totally did the whole the same style as Spring One with the Moog synth to everything. Like he was, he was still trying to be true. But like you say, yeah, he's not trying to replace it. I think he's just trying to kind of be inspired by yeah. it, and a, as a a way of honoring a great piece of music, sort of I, thing.
1: Uh, funnily enough, I feel like. Um, if he had done this in the time of Vivaldi, it would have been quite a well-accepted thing to do. Like it's like a, it's not as um like shocking as it is nowadays to like kind of go after a piece like this. Um, Yeah, Yeah. scandalous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I definitely enjoyed it. It was um, it's good fun. I mean, it's Vivaldi. And it's not, it's like, you know, it's not like a terrible interpretation. So it's enjoyable
0: to go through for sure. Yeah. And it's not, it's not like you can pick through it as well. Like you say, even though I've looked at this piece maybe a little bit more, I still find it tricky to know exactly the points in which it's different from the original. Mm. Like there are ones that are obviously very different and then others, which just are taking certain sections and that sort of thing, but I don't claim to be an expert on the original four seasons, <laughs> but this was just a nice way of listening to it. And also it's recorded beautifully, like, you know, and that's not something that always happens with classical music. You yeah. don't get everyone recorded in this way. And so anyway, it's just cool. Um did you did you end up checking out any other Max Richter, like um, the On the Nature of Daylight and stuff?
1: No, I actually went the other direction. I started listening to other Vivaldi pieces.
0: <laughs> okay, that's cool. That's cool. Um, there's just an interesting little um, side note. Um, have you seen the film Shutter Island? Uh, no, I know what it is, but I've never seen it. Yeah. Right at the end of that, it uses this song On the Nature of Daylight but it takes the vocals from a um, oh, "This Bitter Earth" by who's it by Diana Diana Washington, um, and so it's she's a African American singer songwriter mm. from a while back, and it takes her vocal out of the original recording and puts it on top of this this song, this cl- like orchestral piece. And it's quite an amazing use of it, like kind of a mix of the two. Cool. So I'll put, yeah, I'll put that in the, um, the playlist too. Just another example of his work. Sure. Cause, um, I, the, the meme is though, that like, I've seen some people go like, you know, feel like a film writer. I need something moving for this piece. And that like, it's like the flex take slap on, on the nature of daylight, you know, <laughs> like, you know, it's just always used because it's just so beautiful and people love it. So, you know, but, um, it is still a beautiful piece. And, um, another thing I noticed when I was looking at Max Richter's is he has this, this eight hour album called sleep, um, which he wrote for people to listen to while they sleep. And so, um, there's a movie about it if people are interested and I'm going to have a look at it myself and he's written music that just the people come to the concert hall and there's all these like um, beds set up and everyone <laughs> goes down and they play for eight hours and then they wake up. It's, it's a bit odd but cool, you know. So he's done some pretty interesting stuff in his it, career. That's that pretty postmodern. Story. That's the, what's
1: it the three yeah. minutes, 34 seconds, whatever it is yeah
0: yeah yeah the, the um John Cage thing John yeah Case, it's yeah. quite he's a very modern composer in that way um so but you know I like these as ideas <laughs> but anyway, thanks for enjoying uh four seasons yeah, it was great um kill cool. why don't you tell people what you gave me? yes, so um, I asked you uh
1: during the week if you would like something I believe I used the word scraggly and or pleasant and you said scraggly so i kind of um and this is on the edge of some of the most scraggly stuff i have i think um so i gave uh asher a band called the felice brothers um and their album uh, self-titled which is i think is their fourth record have so many albums. These guys just put out records. Um yeah, I can see that. And the Felice brothers uh were uh three brothers um putting out music as a bit of a band with some extra members and then after this record the drummer and backup singer Simon Felice left to do his own thing and so two of the brothers still remain and they're kind of making music on their own. Um mm-hmm. this is often seen as one of their their better records. Um and so these guys are making like real crunchy Americana, um, like kind of early Bob Dylan esque. Um, like there's like some stomping guitars aren't quite tuned properly. Um, mm-hmm. like nothing's tight. Nothing's really like well done <laughs> is the wrong way to put it, but it feels like, you know, like if, if you are in a field, And you heard these guys performing, it would sound like the record does kind of.
0: Um, It's very, um, oh brother, where art thou kind of. Yeah. So I saw early 1920s, even earlier, maybe. Yeah. America. Um, So I saw these guys
1: open up for Josh Ritter when I was in Australia. And I was like, okay, these guys are the real deal. So I I kind of bought these records, these CDs when I lived in Sydney. And so I thought I'd return the favor of the Felice Brothers.
0: I remember you told me about the Felice Brothers way back when. Yeah, uh, I think because we knew someone with the last name Felice. We did, <laughs> and you yeah made a comment about that. So I didn't actually get it, um, hear much of them back then, and so this is kind of my first intro. But I'm sure you've played me some of their stuff before. <laughs> um,
1: um, yeah, tell me what you thought.
0: Yeah, so it, uh, I've had so many different genres floating around in my head this <laughs> these past few weeks. You know with. Sludge metal on one side and folk, and then you've got kind of Americana and then minimalism. (laughs) It's just (laughs) the real mishmash. Like, so with Bob Dylan, I I don't know if I love his vocal tone. Like, it's not the part of his music which I'm attracted to. Like, I'm attracted to the storytelling um, more than I am his vocal. And so it's not that which I like about this music. Um I feel like also earlier Dylan didn't kind of lay it on as thick as as uh, later Dylan, the kind of the kind of scoops in his voice and that sort of thing. Yeah, for and sure. However, I did I did like the kind of vibe of this song. It was very fun and it did take me back to kind of, yeah, those oh brother, where out thou um tracks on that that movie, which were yeah, very I'm trying to think, are they pretending to be from the US in the like early 1900s? Or is it like they're just writing in that style? I didn't catch all the lyrics, but it it felt like they were trying to pretend they were there.
1: I think there's a little bit of that. I think they're also just kind of from a pavo family, a low-income family, a low-class family. family. So they have all these kind of tendencies as well.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting. It's cool. Like, you know, it's, I'm glad they're writing the way that they write. It's really interesting. One of the songs, Helen Fry, it almost feels a bit John Lennon. Like, um, like there was something that reminded me of a John Lennon song and the way that he pronounces things. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's like Dylan, but also other stuff as well. Um, I think ultimately like it didn't grab me as much as say Wilco. Like I much prefer the interesting instrumentation around sure. the vocal. Like I want Nels Klein's parts or I want something a little bit left yeah. field. You know, like on Yankee Hotel Foxtrot with um what's the one? I wanna hold you in the Bible Black Pre-dawn. I'm trying to break your heart. Like I yeah. want some wild other instrumentation around this, um, you know, this felt like very much it could be a, a soundtrack for a movie. Like the, the, it's kind the, of very period.
1: There's definitely no jazz guitar and spiloed solos in, in,
0: this, in this band. I miss that, man. I've been spoiled on Wilco. That's true. <laughs>
1: Jeff Tweedy and Nils.
0: <laughs> yeah, but no, it's, so I'll tell you my favourite songs. You can tell me what you think. I liked Frankie's Gun. Mm. That was really fun. It's, you know? it's classic. Yeah um Wonderful Life was beautiful um I liked Love Me Tenderly and Radio Song kind of yeah the the song names were funny and the you know the subject matter was very on the nose <laughs> um yeah it was cool like I I can't say that it's like my go-to genre yeah um but it it was it was a really good example of this yeah, early 1900s sort of um, folk singer-songwriter stuff. And it's a great band sound. I didn't actually feel like they were too messy. Like you made them out to be um, like really not put together, kind of a bit neutral milk. But this felt actually very well done, in mm. my opinion. But, yeah. Maybe
1: yeah, maybe that's too harsh. I, I I, love that they do kind of encapsulate a... a a musician vibe that doesn't really exist anymore in modern music, of you know, come come out of the come out of the bayou and just kind of make something and see if you can do it. And these guys are definitely a part yeah. of that kind of movement. Um,
0: yeah, it's definitely not mainstream. <laughs> like it's not, it's not like Lord Huron or like um, who did you go and see recently? Fleet Foxes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not like modern folk uh which is kind of very easy to digest this is very kind of true to its genre yeah and so it, interestingly yeah, i i've wanted to give you this album for a while
1: one of their um connor oberst of bright eyes did a number of solo records and yeah. he did one which is just him on the piano and then he did a follow-up record which is redoing of all of those songs and yeah. he, he hired the felice brothers to be his backing band for that so they play oh. all the background instrumentation, and instead of it being like somber kind of piano music, it's more in this style with Connor singing yep. and yeah, it's definitely the most modern they've ever been I think, and it's it's a it's a very interesting mix, I feel yeah
0: <laughs> I might have mentioned before, did you see when there was an era when Jack White went through a time where he had had like a two bands that he played with. He had like an all-male band and an all-female band. And he was playing this like honky-tonk piano music. Um, he did this crazy live video where he had... um Who's, who's the guy who plays Commissioner Gordon in the Batman films? Oh, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman? <laughs> yeah, Gary Oldman's like um, meeting up with Jack White and like they're kind of chatting and interviewing him and that sort of thing. And then then he plays some songs and he's like dressed up like he's from the 1920s in a bar or even the eight, late 1800s and stuff. Did you ever see this era of Jack White? Uh,
1: I mean, I think he's still kind of in that era. He's, um,
0: <laughs> but he's got I, blue hair now. He's so. got blue hair.
1: I, I, yeah, that is kind of one thing. I've never actually delved into Jack White's solo albums that much, though I think I would actually enjoy them more than the White Stripes um yeah because they kind of exhibit this more uh kind of bluesy um industrious side of his musicality which yeah the white stripes is a little more simple in a lot of ways um to be popular i don't know if that's fair but um he does have blue hair now
0: <laughs> yeah you sent me that picture of what was it, a video of him playing seven nation army at, <laughs> yeah it was um, a, a
1: glastonbury his yeah. um his touring drummer, I, I've seen him play a couple of times. Um and it boggles my brain, dude. I don't understand how oh, he, yeah, plays, yeah, yeah, yeah. he plays the drums.
0: <laughs> I don't even know what's going on there. yeah. Was, but, was it that he just had like his drums up in really weird positions? He no, I, we don't we don't have to go into it, but
1: he's <laughs> he's got one of the most unique setups I've ever seen a drummer have, I'll put it that way. If you
0: ever want to see a, a really weird
1: drummer. Look up Jack White's more unique over.
0: than more unique than battles with that one symbol that's like way above his head
1: oh yeah it's it's way weirder than that anyways um <laughs> i I guess Jack White would be another figure who kind of exhibits this energy of um yeah, like wrestling with music and like kind of having this weird jangly beast and trying to put it into something that sounds good, um yeah, yeah. Anyways, you wanted something. Yeah, I don't.
0: Yeah, it was good. It's a nice, uh, I feel like I've been, I feel very rich, like I've dined on rich food these past few weeks with different (laughs) genres. (laughs) Yeah, I think, again, like it's just not a genre that I come back to and go, yeah, I really want to listen to this. But I I find it very cool to listen to and get a, it's just good for me. So, yeah, thank you.
1: Like a a big old granola bar.
0: That's right, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i would put on um alfred's voice you've got to keep your blood sugar sugars up mr batman um, <laughs> anyway shall we move on to honorable mentions
1: yeah let's do it. so i got a couple big albums that are i guess honorable mentions because i'll never have the full time to review them um hmm. so the the first one is an album called cheat codes by oh. uh, hip hop producer danger mouse and yep. um mc rapper black thought who is uh, famous for being the one of the frontmen of the roots um okay uh, yeah so i I'm a, I'm a i'm a big fan of the roots i love quest love and black thought i think they're two of the most talented individuals working in the hip hop scene for the last 30 40 years um and I think Black Thought doesn't get a lot of credit because he's not a, I don't know, he's not like a bombastic, in your face kind of kind of performer. Um, he's he's more like an MF Doom where his words are exceedingly clever, his flow is really good and well thought out. Um, he's one of like a is more imaginative than a lot of um, famous rappers, maybe is a way to put it. Um, well oh, I and, see that he's got an album
0: with MF Doom called yes. The Mouse and the Mask. Yes. Um
1: yeah. and Danger Mouse also did um sorry that so so that's that's Danger Mouse, not not Black Thought himself. Um, oh sorry, got it. D- Danger Mouse is a producer, a record like a like a, a mixmaster producer. And so he's worked with MF Doom before. Um he produced things like Demon Days. Um yeah, got he you. was one half of Gnarls Barkley with CeeLo. You know, the song Crazy, yeah. that kind of stuff. So Danger Mouse yeah. is, is a is a is himself a really interesting producer. He kind of um loves to bring uh old school elements, you know, heavily 90s influenced elements, and then um utilize them in more modern ways. And I think that's kind of what you get on this record. Um, it's not super long, it's like an hour long, and there's a number of features which are great you know, a couple features from members of the Wu-Tang clan. You have a posthumous MF doom feature. Um, yeah. Right. The, uh, Run the jewels who are a great uh, duo. And these uh, songs are really tight, really well put together. Um, and just like a great um, example of how to do quote unquote old school, I think really well. So I've been really enjoying this. I didn't think I'm going to keep coming back to it too. It's, it's, quite up my alley for when it comes to um hip-hop music so i've been really loving that
0: yeah nice <clears throat>
1: um and then uh secondly uh our our favorite um nordic uh medieval uh folk metal band oh. Heil- <laughs> Heilung have uh, released yep. a new album uh this week um wow so i haven't gone through it a ton went through it a little bit um it's just as weird and uh, listening to it in public makes me feel like i don't know like climbing a wall and killing somebody but it's um (laughs) it's great to kind of listen to there's nothing quite like it so if you want you know some some viking music it's definitely out there for you (laughs) noted noted <laughs> um and then lastly i've been listening to a lot of a french pianist um uh i'll I'll shorten his name max siren sirene um okay max siren uh and uh he has a number of beautiful pieces but what he does a lot of the time or he has a number of um piano covers of uh modern songs um so things like uh, joy division disorder or where is my mind um these kind of stuff and they're uh really beautiful i i don't know i just been putting them on repeat his stuff is um wonderful to listen to it's kind of um in the same vein of that uh radiohead covers album i had a while ago from that australian guy it's similar um
0: yeah definitely so I've been actually sorry. I haven't listened to them yet, but I I get what you mean of the piano arrangements.
1: Yeah, they're beautiful. I've been absolutely loving them. So,
0: those are my honorable mentions. It it was interesting because Mark Sparling, you sent me that album of the a short hike done on piano as well. Yes, um, which I had also seen come up and and checked out a little bit of. Um, it is nice when you hear piano arrangements because, yeah, it's just a really interesting way of covering um a song which is not typically done on piano and how will you do it well and stuff. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Nice. I have a I have actually quite a few. Um <laughs> you were really good. I was not. I'm gonna try and colour these as I go. Um the first big one though is um Jacob Wilde yes. has a new EP out. Um now, I actually go through this a lot more because I got to interview him about his new EP, <laughs> um, and that interview should definitely be out by the time this episode comes out. Uh, I just need to post it tonight, I think. Um, so, yeah, uh, he has a new EP out called Alive Alive, and Jacob Wilde does EP really well, and this one does not disappoint. So definitely go over to Bandcamp and check this out. Um, yeah. It's... It's very it's actually quite different if you've listened to his work. Like it feels you know, his voice is lower on songs and there's interesting tone colours of guitars and that sort of thing. And um yeah, I thought it was great.
1: Yeah, I I I definitely I listed a bunch too. It's it's a wonderful um little four song EP. I think the second track about um his brother is particularly um great. Yeah. I really enjoyed that one yeah. a lot
0: yeah that um, one's been stuck in my head a ton yeah 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 um, and just a few other little ones, uh, you and I have been listening to this new Lewis Cole song, right? <laughs> Tell the listeners what you do and how you listen to the song oh, man
1: <laughs> i I really enjoy this song for about two thirds of it, um. Yeah, it's uh, a really great kind of, I don't know, like nouveau R and B track. Um, hmm. And surprisingly for Lewis Cole, it's not very heavy on drums. It's not very, it's not very like, um, it's not a huge to start off with. It's quite like minimalist and tight. Um, and then about like. M- Near the end of the song, there's about six key changes in a row, and I just stopped the song and started it from the beginning again it's it's i don't know to for me, it's such a disappointment
0: to end the song that way. <laughs> so what Josh is saying is that you should tag him in every song, which has a key change in it uh, on Twitter from now until the end of time i'm
1: I'm not opposed to key changes done well, um yeah. Key just done for emphasis is bad.
0: <laughs> so you don't like Mr. Biggs um uh was it on the waiting on the line for you that goes down as when it's the key change? <laughs> I, I, I just can't do it,
1: man. I just can't hack it.
0: So this this new song by Lewis Cole is quite interesting because Typically, like you say, he's very jammy, like he's funky and a great drummer. But this one's like all in this really high falsetto, and then the drums are like really sparse and dead, and like great bass and that sort of thing. It's really interesting. Yeah, he just puts so much work into everything. It's astounding.
1: Yeah, so, it, yeah. I I absolutely adore the the first half of the song. I think it's <laughs> amazing.
0: So it just evens out to be a fifty percent rating of the overall. <laughs> That's, like, that's how, that's how, how music, music works. awful. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry to put you on the spot there, but no, I thought it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway, I've just got a couple other quick ones. Um I've been listening to another minimalism album called Aksumi. Um it's Fleeting Futures. It's quite interesting. Um it's like a very Steve Reich. It's like if Steve Reich and um, Floex, who wrote the soundtrack for a few games by Animata Design, kind of made an album together. It's lots of, yeah, repetitive patterns on saxophones and clarinets and gamelan and all this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I'll put two tracks on there. It's fantastic in my opinion. Um has a new album out. I'll probably talk about that later because I haven't listened to it yet. Yeah. But I'm pretty excited. Um, and one last one. This is... It related. Um so the I found ChatPile through a game developer who I follow called Hakata and he's famous for making the game Ultra Kill. Um uh Hakata oh. is a big Bandcamp um propi- like promoter. He buys a lot of music on Bandcamp and that's where I found pile and a bunch of others. He he's really into metal but he has like a whole bunch of stuff on vinyl. And I always got interest in, I'm always interested in going through his wish list and, and what he's listening to because he just has very um, interesting finds. Um, but I wanted to mention his music as well. He works under the name, um, oh, what's it called? Heaven Pierce Her or something. And um, yeah, so he wrote the music to his own game, Ultra Kill. And it's quite interesting, like, breakcore is not really a genre that we listen to much now in the 2020s. <laughs> it's more of, like, an early 2000s thing, but the soundtrack to Ultra Kill is a really interesting mix of, like, some ambient stuff. There's breakcore sections, and then he'll do, like, au Claire de la Lune and put that in the so- the, the soundtrack. And his, his sound design is just really clever, so... Um, interestingly, he has no music on Spotify Not interestingly I know <laughs> why He just dislikes streaming So I'll put the link in the show notes And check his music out It's quite clever And, and yeah, that's the thing I just want to do a shout out for that Because I've enjoyed it And that's me That's it Wow <laughs> <laughs> Now you've got to do the Owen Wilson Wow. Wow Wow <laughs> All right wow. You want to take us out?
1: Sure. <clears throat> uh, well, thank you everyone for listening to this episode. Um, as always, Asher and I uh, love putting these out just for the joy of sharing music with all, with all of you. Um, mm-hmm. If it pleases you, you could leave a, a comment or a review on your podcast app of choice. Um, that helps us get to more ears out in the ether with the algorithm, um, c- climb higher on the Kazakhstani podcasting ratings or whatever. <laughs> We've
0: gone up a point. We've gone off a point. We're yes. like 80 now. Yeah.
1: Soon the world will be ours. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, otherwise, you can leave us a comment on our socials. Hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. Maybe leave us some music to look into. We love doing you, that kind of stuff as well. um yeah. And uh, keep your ears peeled. Um, if you haven't listened to it by now, the interview, with jacob wild should be out and that is a great little thing to listen to um in the midst of an episode as well so yeah
0: um, thanks to jacob wild for doing that really appreciate it
1: absolutely
0: um so Mm. once again
1: thank you for listening and we'll see you next time see you buddy
0: see ya